guys, and welcome to Money Talks News, the podcast. In this episode, we're talking about balancing your short-term goals with your long-term goals. You probably have long-term money goals, right? You know, money you're saving for something that's years, even decades away, like retirement. But you also want money for things that are just weeks or months away, like creating an emergency fund or saving for a vacation. The trick is finding the right balance so you can hit both your short and long-term targets. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Because I want you to be able to have what you want now and what you need later. I'm Stacey Johnson. As usual, my co-host will be financial journalist Miranda Marquette. Hello, Miranda. Hello, Stacey. Do I sound excited today? Because I yeah. am excited. We are. Well, it's, it's great. We're back. It's we're exciting. back. We're back after, yeah. after a brief hiatus. Listening in and sometimes contributing is our producer and novice investor, Aaron Freeman. Hello, Aaron. Hello. How's everybody doing today? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Our special guest today is Alyssa Mazes, the founder of Amplify My Wealth. She's a registered investment advisor. Hello, Alyssa. Hello. We, you sound excited. We're ready to rock and roll. I okay, am. Before we start, you guys remember, this is not financial advice, so make sure to do your own research and consult, consult your own experts before acting on anything you learn on this podcast. Okay, let's dive in. We're talking about how to budget for short-term and long-term financial goals. Well, first, before we do that, though, Alyssa, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're, you're a lawyer, right? I am. I am a licensed attorney as well as a registered investment advisor. And I love using both of my lenses when I help young adults and women plan their finances, give them advice, and create a financial plan. Young adults and women? So what are you saying? You're not going to help me? <laughs> I would love to help you. I definitely, because I'm a woman and there aren't a lot of women um, financial advisors, that I do help women. I, like I said, I also do help men. That is definitely part of it. And sometimes I help couples, but a lot of women feel uncomfortable or feel that men are not really speaking to them about their finances. So it gives me that ability to have that compassion for them as well. And they appreciate that. Well, let me assure you that I am neither a woman nor a young adult. Not, not <laughs> yeah. either in any way at all. Okay. Anyway, um, how did you? How did you happen to go from becoming a lawyer to a financial advisor? So I loved finance, all things financial, since I was a teenager. So I spent my whole life always geeking out over learning more about finances, personal finances in particular. And through the years, helped um, my friends and family with their finances. They always came to me. And there came a point where I realized through them that there were other people that needed help. And legally, I couldn't help them unless I became licensed. And that's really what motivated me so I could help more people with their finances. Cool. Well, let's get into our topic then. Um, do you do you run into this a lot as a financial advisor? People who have both short and long term goals and have trouble prioritizing or or meeting both of them? Absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot of people tend to have this problem, and as a result, it often results in something really being neglected that is important to them. So let's let's throw some examples out here, and you guys too, Aaron and Miranda. What do you what would you guys consider short term goals? Well, that's what I was going to ask. I mean, what what are some of the things that people have come to you about? What are they looking for to do? Is it just buying a house? Is it retirement? I mean, what is the thing that they most come to you about? Well, 
What happens is a lot of them come to me and they don't realize that they're having a hard time balancing the two. So that's what I find most of all, that when we look at their finances in their entirety, that's when we realize that most often than not, it's their future finances that they're not prioritizing or they think they are because they're saving some money and not realizing, for instance, if they live paycheck to paycheck now and they're making a half a million dollars, you have to put aside a lot of money to continue that lifestyle. So that is, I would say overall, not that everyone is making a half a million dollars, but that idea of living paycheck to paycheck and sometimes not even realizing it. But as far as the short-term goals, it could be anything, like you said, it could be moving out of a house or out of an apartment. Maybe you're living at home with your parents. Um, it could be wanting to put a down payment on a home. It could be a vacation. I've had people who want to go on a family trip and they never thought of that as something they should set aside money for and then they don't necessarily have it available. So you're saying well, there's a big majority of people that are making half a million that are living paycheck to paycheck. Well, like I said, not well, there are a lot of people that are even making a half a million or more that are living paycheck to paycheck and not saving enough for their future. So paycheck to paycheck is really could be defined in different ways. Um, certainly, if you are saving enough for retirement and you're using all your money and arguably living paycheck to paycheck, but you're planning for your future and your present life, then that could be fine. But when you are thinking, well, I'm making all this money, I get to go on vacations, I send my kids to camp, whatever it might be, and then we look at their whole picture and see that they don't have enough term life insurance, that they don't, they just have a few hundred thousand dollars set aside for retirement, but they're in their 50s. If you want to maintain that expensive lifestyle, that is definitely a challenge and it's hard to redo your habits to now save properly. But the same thing could be applied to someone who's making a hundred thousand. It doesn't, it just happens to be definitely more eye-opening for people who make a lot to see this because they just assume they make a lot, they're gonna be fine. Well, speaking of people who make half a million dollars and live paycheck to paycheck, Miranda, <laughs> so, you, you actually are a person, though. I when when I was when I was just listening to Alyssa talk about uh, goals like travel, I immediately thought of you because I know that you actually do set aside money specifically for travel. Right? Yeah, yeah, I do. I have a set amount of money that goes into my travel fund every month, just automatically sent over there, and uh, it's a really great way for me to make sure that I have that in my life. Um, so yeah, so very exciting, very glad about it. And uh, doesn't, yeah, being able to do that uh, and balance that out is really important because, you know, at the same time, right, I, I had a 529 for my son. So that was a longer term. I mean, now, you know, now we're drawing down the 529 since my son is in college. But, um, but, you know, kind of balancing those goals made a lot of sense where I could say like, okay, I'm putting a little bit into the travel fund every month. But I'm also making sure that um, you know I have this long-term money for my own my own IRA for my own retirement, and then also for the 529. And you know, over time, of course, the amounts spent on each of those things kind of adjust a little bit. Uh, but having them there and thinking through them, I think, is is really important. It really helps you 
figure out what's going to matter most to you. You you know what occurs to me, though, and, and it just occurred to me just now as we were going through this, I would imagine the problem for many people isn't just separating their short and long term goals. It's having goals at all. I mean, I would. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking to myself as an example. I mean, I, I guess I have a long term goal in putting money aside for retirement, um, but I don't really think of it as a goal. You know, I just put in as much as I'm allowed to put in, and that's it. And I don't really think about short term goals either. I mean, like, what would my? Uh, I, do you get this, Alyssa? Like, what do you mean by goals? Well, I don't have any goals. I'm just living. You know, I'm putting by paying for this and keeping over the payments on that, and whatever's left is left. Um, definitely. A lot of people um, don't think about certainly when you're financially stable and confident, there might be a different vantage point that you have because you know that you're doing okay and you know you're good with your finances. And obviously, you're very financially literate, so you have a lot of knowledge. But most people, um, it actually empowers them to think about the goals because they're not doing what Miranda's doing. And when they do, then it's much easier to realize that you can take care of everything. You just have to make adjustments. And I love what you shared, Miranda. When I meet with clients, we definitely look at different goals and I suggest, and they often open multiple savings accounts and automate the amount of money that's going to go in each month. And so if there's an added expense that they have one month, they can always adjust it and take it from one of the accounts to make sure that they don't have any financial regrets and end up with credit card debt. But I definitely think taking the time to have those goals, which to set those goals like Miranda is talking about, I don't know if she formally sat down and thought about, but I've spoken with Miranda before. I know that she prioritizes making sure she could travel. It's something she values. And I think that's a great way to do it, that automation. So you know that money is there for when you need it and want it. Yeah, well, it I, seems like, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Miranda. You're yeah, going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's less about, um, for me, it's less about setting like a specific goal where I'm like, I want to have X dollars in my account for X. For me, it's less about that and more about, okay, where am I putting my financial resources and how do I prioritize that list of financial um wants and values how how do i make that fit with my values as as what Alyssa was talking about and so being able to say like so i don't have to say like oh i need to have ten thousand dollars in my travel fund by x date no i just know that i'm going to set aside x dollars every month for my travel fund and then we'll see where we're at and it allows me you know and over time it's built up right because as we know um, i'm a little weird about it i use i do use a um i do use a taxable investment account for my travel fund um it's not heavily stocks tilted well comparatively speaking it's like a it's like a 70 30 split 70 percent stocks 30 percent bonds um and other income things uh but you know, it's over time that's allowed it to grow faster. And so, you know, then I have those opportunities. And last year, I actually went ahead and sold a couple things, you know, sold some stuff in my account at a loss. And then that made my trip tax deductible. Uh, so actually, Miranda, I'm really, I'm really shocked to hear what you just said. But before I do that, let me, let me tell you something. <laughs> One of my short-term goals, actually, let's call it my wife's short-term goal, is to uh, remodel our home. And so if you guys are hearing noise in the background, I apologize for that. There's a jackhammer going on. I have a directional mic. 
So I'm trying to get rid of some of that noise. But if you hear something, do not adjust your sets. Everything is fine at your end. I've got a jackhammer going on on mine. And the reason why is because my wife needs a walk-in closet and we're turning a bedroom into one. That's one of her short-term goals. And one of my long-term goals is keeping my wife happy. <laughs> so, so that's what I'm doing. Anyway, Miranda, what I was going to say that I was really surprised at, you were talking about your travel uh, but your travel fund and you're putting it in stocks. I, th- I think of a travel somewhere. I'm going to go to Disney World three months from now. Therefore, I need to set aside $800 or whatever, more like 8000 if I'm going to Disney World. But um, you know, but you're putting that money in stocks. You're so, talking yes. about something longer term, then. So this is so this is the thing. It's okay. an ongoing fund that is big enough now that any time I want to take a trip, say spend three thousand dollars to go to China next <laughs> in, at the end of June, uh, the fund is big enough for that. So it's oh, like okay. this, so it's like this ongoing kind of uh, medium term bucket where I expect that I'm going to come after the money. Uh, any time in the next one to five years, and it's ongoing. So I just put the same amount in this fund every month, and and because it has been growing over time, it has grown to a very nice, reasonable size where I can just use the the money, but <laughs> what I need to like, I am not depleting this fund, right? This fund does not get depleted. Like yes, well, what's, yes, what's I have to. Is, I have to sell some stuff sometimes, yeah. but it doesn't get depleted. What's important is, are you really going to China in June? Maybe if we can get our visas squared away. Wow. <laughs> I thought you were just throwing that out there as an example. So that means we're not going to have you on the podcast unless you're going to be calling in from China. Well, we'll worry about that later. We'll okay. worry about it later. It'll be fine. We'll worry about It'll it later. Be fine. Now, now, Alyssa, here's my next question for you. A lot of people out there listening to this podcast are going to be going like, you know, like I said before, I wonder what my goals are, short term and long term. Do you help people find their goals? And if so, how? Yes. So that is a good point. Some people aren't sure. And so the first thing whenever, one of the first things I discuss with clients is I ask them what they value most. So usually people could come up with three to four things top of mind that immediately, it doesn't mean they don't value other things, but there might be those top things. And so we focus on those things. So for instance, if their family lives out of town and spending time with their family is important, then I discuss with them how much they want to set aside to make sure that they always have money for visits to their family. To Miranda, um, as far as investing the money, usually we I suggest a high yield savings account, especially since now they actually yield a high amount, which is great. So if it's in the short term, I focus on that because I know that it's important to them. It's not something they're willing to give up to see their family. So that's an example. But of course, it could be anything from sending your kids to camp to um, maybe there's a summer trip that you want to take with your family. Maybe there's a wedding that you want to go to. And usually it's things that align with their values. And so for those family things, for instance, I have a client I'm working with now and there were a bunch of trips and we started going through them to prioritize what was important to her. And also I think especially for any people, but especially young people, I don't want to see them give up things or to feel like they're giving up things. It's important if being around people, which I think is important for everyone, uh, especially young people that are living by themselves, to make sure that they set up a goal 
type of account for fun. And we look at what are the things that count as fun. And we automate it just like Miranda does with vacation. So this way they meet those value-based goals. Well, then it seems like this is a really simple problem to solve then. Because, okay, first of all, you decide what you think is important. And that's how you form your goals, right? Um, and, and then you just go, okay, fine. I'm going to allocate $25 this week to that goal and $50 to this one and you know, $100 to that long-term one. And then you're done. So what's the problem? So the... I think the biggest problem is really being able to balance, as we started full circle, balance those short-term and long-term goals because people often, folk, I find a lot of people are very focused on the here and now. Uh-huh. And so they want all those things, but it's also important to look at all your goals, long and short, at the same time because they often overlap with one another. And so if we just focus on the short term, because that's the month to month, and overlook, for instance, retirement, that could sneak up on you. So that's really where the challenge is. When I meet with people, they, like you said, sometimes they don't have quote unquote goals, but clearly they're living as if they certain things are important to them. But they're also getting lost in doing things that aren't important to them and spending extra money there. So once we focus on what they value most, it makes it a lot easier to realize, wait, I'm spending a few hundred or a thousand, depending on what they're spending, on things I don't even care about. So they can eliminate that sometimes, but then it's that balance. For younger people, the idea of worrying about the future seems so far away but the reality is with compounding growth they are at the greatest advantage to save for the future when they're younger even if it's less money at that time and it's often easier because they don't realize myself included when i was younger didn't realize it is so much easier to save money when you're younger even though you think it isn't so i think that 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 balance is really the challenging part I have to, well, we're going to take a break, but when we come back, I want to ask you, why is it easier for young people to save? It seems like it's harder, but we're going to take a really quick break and then we're going to come back. Alyssa's going to answer that question. Okay, we are back. Okay, Alyssa, you're on the hot seat. You just said that it's easier for young people to save money, but isn't it true they have less money to save and they're more into having fun? It seems like it'd it'd be harder for young people to save money. Well... So the actual quote unquote saving part and it might seem harder in certain ways it is because yes, they have less. First of all, they have not established the habits that someone that I meet with that's in their 50s, decades of habits. It's really hard to adjust that. I find much more challenging because they, you know, they see the future, they're concerned about it, but it's they're so used to their lifestyle where I find that when young adults, when they really see their whole picture and what their finances really look like, they're willing to make the sacrifices because when you look at a compound calculator and you put in the dollar amount and they get to see that they could put in less money over time and end up with more money in the future, it is eye-opening for them. So in that respect, but I think for anyone, it's always challenging, no matter how much money you make, to make those adjustments. I just find that the younger you are, the less set you are 
in the habits. And usually if someone's meeting with me, they want the change. So maybe that's part of it too, where I find the older you are, it's harder to, because you're used to it. Plus you have other people involved. You're more likely to be married or have kids that are used to that lifestyle too. And most people don't want to sit down and have that discussion with their spouse or their kids. Guess what? We gave you a car, but that person's not getting a car or we're no longer going to look at private colleges, even though we had promised that. So that's what I find at least. Interesting. So how do you get people, younger people, you know, because actually I am a 67 year old person and I really didn't think about that much, even though I'm in this industry. Um, I've been a financial advisor for like 40 years off and on. Um, But I I just thought, well, you know, I'm putting money in my 401k. It's going to take care of itself. How do you get people that are young excited or even to acknowledge that one day they're going to be old and need that money? How, how do you how do you change their how do you get them to focus on the long term goal? Like I said, I think the main thing is showing them where the growth could be that they can make so much money. A lot of young people they're very aware of the market more than I was growing up because they're on the internet and we've all seen, especially during the early stages of the pandemic, the involvement and what was out there for younger people. So they're very aware of the opportunity of investing. So when you focus on the goal and coupled with investing to get to those long-term goals, it's a lot more exciting. I do focus on mutual funds and ETFs, which is not what most people are watching on TikTok. So there's that challenge, but when you discuss it from the perspective of you're going to own all of these stocks in the mutual funds or in the ETFs, it becomes a lot more exciting just knowing that their money can grow and that they could feel financially secure. I, I got to imagine if, if somebody's coming to you, they're already excited about you know their their goals and, and they're they're looking to you for help, so they're already coming to you with that that wide eyed. But what happens if they're they're coming to you with these goals, but their partner doesn't have the same goals? They don't have the long-term goal. They're not thinking about retirement, you know, and and, uh, how do you convince their partner into this? So how do you do that? It's interesting that you said that. I have had situations where it's definitely challenging because a lot of women reach out to me and some of them are in relationships. Sometimes the part their partner doesn't necessarily get involved i always recommend that they do because i think it's easier for them it's easier for them if i'm the one saying it instead of them having to tell their spouse what i find is it's a process so you could have one person come to you and they're ready but you really like you pointed out you need both people to really make an impact especially the older someone is the more essential it is, you know, with respect to the timing of it, that you need to do it sooner rather than later. So definitely when it's a couple, it does take longer to get both people on board overall, especially when they're both in a, you know, in a different mindset. Interesting. Miranda, I just thought of something too. You have a young adult. Uh, (laughs) Is is he goal-oriented? Do you you find him just like totally ignoring all this and it's going to take care of itself? Or is he he so young that he's really not, you know, obviously he's not, it doesn't have a retirement fund, he's he's still in college. But do you find that he has direction like that? So, yeah, so we actually, since, you know, since he was younger, even, we would talk about, okay, let's talk about your values. What do you want your life to look like? What kinds of things do you want to be able to do? 
And so that's kind of where we started was what, you know, not so much like, oh, hey, you know, you have to put X aside for Y. It's more about, okay, what do you want your life to look like? What do you want to do? What do you want to be able to do uh, with your money and with your time? And so we kind of start from there and then that's where we go. And he figures out, okay, well, what, so like right now he's, he's working on his associates of applied science, but he's thinking of switching into like doing electrical stuff and becoming an electrician because he's like, well, you know, the things I want to be able to do is I, I want to be able to have a job where I do the work, I come home, then I can like hang out with my friends. I can, you know, go camping on the weekend or whatever. Right. I can do the things that I feel like I want to do. Um, and and that's, you know, but also he also knows he wants to um, live in comfort. He wants to set money aside. He start he has started investing, actually. We, uh, <laughs> we set him up with a Roth IRA and he's been setting money aside each, every week he transfers money over there. And he has a goal to when he starts earning more money because he's in school, yes, but he also has a part-time job. But uh, when he starts earning more money, when he has a full-time job, then he's going to start stepping that up. So, um, and, and he looks for other ways to make money so that he can, you know, keep moving his finances in a direction that he wants. So we don't have a specific goal there, but it goes back to, once again, let's figure out our values. Let's figure out how to manage our money so that we can live those values. What a great mom you are. I mean, I mean really. <laughs> but no, when I, how old is your son? He's 20. Okay, when I was 20, I wanted to be a rock star. <laughs> I, I mean, I had no direction whatsoever. Uh, I, I, I admire, you're a bit of a hippie, but you're a great mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's really cool, though. We're almost out of time. I, I feel like we haven't really gone A, B, C, D when it comes to, to, to separating your long-term, funding both your long-term and short-term goals. Can, can you bring this home for us, Alyssa, and... And just tell me what what we need to do to to identify our goals and then separate our long term and short term and then fund them. So I think you know the first thing which we've discussed is figuring out what you value most. What's the most important thing to you? So your goals okay. reflect what you value most, and then look at all of your goals, short and long term. So don't ignore the fact that one day you might not be able to or might not want to work. Um, so definitely make sure you take care of that too. As far as funding them, I recommend earmarking accounts for your short-term goals as well as your long-term goals. But with your long-term goals, those are goals that you could definitely consider investing in a diversified portfolio that reflects your risk as well as your time horizon. And then always remember, have an emergency fund because this way, when the unexpected happens, you don't have to make a choice between something that you value versus the emergency. You have that financial security and that emergency money liquid so you can always go to it. Awesome. Well said. Okay, guys, we are out of time, but we are never out of topic. Dig a little deeper. You're going to find links to lots more info in our show notes. And remember, if your goal is to make more, to spend less, to retire rich, then your online home is moneytalksnews.com. And don't forget to check out Miranda's online home as well. That is Miranda Marquit, M-A-R-Q-U-I-T.com. And of course, you want to visit Alyssa at her website. That is amplifymywealth.com. You'll find it in our show notes. If you've got a question, comment, or topic you'd like to suggest, tell us about it. You can email us at hello at moneytalksnews.com. That's hello at moneytalksnews.com. 
Podcast.com. And one final thing, if you like what we do, do something for us. Subscribe to our podcast. And also, give us five stars, too. That's two things I want you to do. So I'm going to take you two seconds. It's really going to help us, though. So if you like us, show us and subscribe. But listen, we sure appreciate you being here today. Uh, my name is Stacy Johnson. I'm Miranda Marquette. I'm Aaron Freeman. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. We're going to see you right here next time. <laughs>